All right, guys, big episode of the Nordies podcast. The Vikings win in dramatic fashion over the Lions. The Gophers are a certified wagon. And uh, we're going to even talk a little bit about the Minnesota Wild. Here we go, Nordies podcast. And here we go, Nordy's Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How's it going, guys? Always a good week when the Vikings win. Yeah, that was a stressful Sunday, but it was fun. It was. It wasn't that Never a doubt. game, but we're happy how it ended. Um, so it's going to be a great episode of the Nordy's Podcast. Lots to celebrate in the world of football. But first, we need you guys to all give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. And also subscribe anywhere that you guys get your favorite podcasts from. Get the Nordy's podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Thank you. All right, guys. What are you drinking tonight? Okay, I'm over at Junkyard, uh, our favorite Moorhead brewery. And I'm drinking Hell yeah, yeah, Pulposaurus New England style IPA. I was down in the cities proper, and it's been a little bit. It felt like it's been too long. So I went to Central Liquor, and it was like a kid in a candy shop. I just I, I wanted to get 18 <laughs> four-packs. I ended up with three. Uh, so I have some good beers. Just loading the cart up. Did you swing by uh, Senier Senlac and uh, what's the the they're, the place that they're makes closed? The oh yeah, Holy Land. Oh, that's yeah, right, Senier's Holy Land. Land. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I was just in and out. I went to hey, shout out to Balster. Uh, you had a nice burger off Barter. You did win the burger battle this last weekend with a very very good burger. It was close, one vote separated, but good job. I got moon. I got moonlighted too. Yeah. During the award ceremony. You did. Yeah, you did. You got moonlighted. And then you left the trophy. I did that on purpose. <laughs> I don't have anywhere to put it in my house. And so Balser has all these like, uh, it's also a little bit of a weird <laughs> trophy. Not that I don't appreciate the win. Um, it would be like if the Emmy Award was like a middle finger. Yeah. I don't know. Like it just <laughs> didn't seem appropriate. Uh, it The motif of Tony's house, I think, fits. The trophy fits a lot better there. So he he deserves right, to keep right. it. All right. Barter, what are you drinking? Oh. Uh, I, I, this is a throwback. I had some, um, I'm drinking a dream yard from modest and it's fucking amazing. It's as, it's as good yeah. as always. Like haven't had it for probably a year. And the minute I tasted it, I knew it was dream yard and it was perfect. All right, guys. Have you ever uh, had a beer that you drank that you didn't really like the beer, but you would probably drink it? Is that the hop water? Are you back on the hop water train? No, I mean like just an actual a beer. beer that I didn't like, but I would like finish it or I would drink more a different time. Yeah, you drink more. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. What do you Because that's what I'm doing right now. The Fulmer's Lime? I'm drinking Surly's Before, before I, I Die. Craft Lager, the Minnesota Vikings um, yeah. beer. And I don't really like it, but I'm going to proudly drink all four and I might drink four oh, wow. more. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's right. So that's the uh, friend friend of the pod, Score North, uh, Phil Mackey, Judd Zilgab. There, we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die. Uh, theme and Surly made love a beer it. for it. Yeah, I like it. I'm here to support it, and we love Phil. We love Phil, and we, we love Phil. Phil's all right, nah. even though he moved to Seattle, yeah, or weird, something like that. Weird move. Um, all right, so uh, that's what I'm drinking. We're gonna talk about the Vikings first because hopefully they will win one before we die. Um, they win in dramatic fashion against the Motor City Kitties, the Detroit Lions, 28 24, with a last minute touchdown. Um, this game didn't feel that great as I thought we got pretty thoroughly beaten. And I would say that four times during the game, 
I said, well, that's the game. We lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four whoa, whoa, whoa. You're allowed to criticize the Vikings, but nobody else mm-hmm. is? No, I was just making fun of you guys because anytime okay. anyone says one unkind word, I'll be like, man, the Timberwolves stink. And then you guys will be like, no, they yeah. don't. They rock. We love them. <laughs> I'm like, all right. <laughs> so literally. It's all about expectations. Um, I, I thought that the Vikings were going to lose so many times. Oh, uh, dude. I mean, you could <clears throat> you could make the argument that they should have lost up until with a minute left in the fourth quarter. When I would say a couple moments that I was like, well, that's the game. Um, Cook's fumble, I felt like, was a yep. dagger. Um, I thought another dagger was when we had it on fourth down driving and we turned it over. We didn't get the obvious holding call against Adam Thielen on that horrific ridiculous that guy had been flagged a thousand times and I think that that maybe the refs had a little bit of flag fatigue with that dude because that was the most obvious one out of all of the calls that had gone against him then on the the drive where they're trying to put the game away we get a big stop and then there is a flag on the play for holding against Cam Bynum and I never saw it and I heard no one at home saw it either no it was it bad. Didn't show. It, was, it, was it didn't exist. Yeah, it was a that, phantom. It was a phantom hold that was going to give them the win in the game, and then somehow we still stopped them. They went for it about two hundred times on fourth down, and then decided the last fourth down. Nah, fuck it. Let's try an incredibly long field goal with our really shaky kicker which, to only put us up six. Yeah, they've only put us up six. It gives us the ball at like the. 38-yard line or whatever, and then uh, two massive chunk plays to Osborne. Cousins hits him wide open on a busted coverage. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying it was this guy's fault because it was probably not his fault. The guy chasing in a busted coverage oftentimes was not, was not <laughs> the wrong guy but looks to be the wrong guy because their teammate fucked up. But it was former first-round pick of the Vikings, Mike Hughes. Yeah. Um, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> as much as I think Cousins has been, we've seen every version of Kirk Cousins this year. Good Cousins. In three weeks. Yeah. Seriously, we've seen all of them. We saw good Cousins against the Packers. We saw bad Cousins against the Eagles. And we saw sometimes terrible, sometimes amazing Cousins against the Lions. This dude is all the fuck over the place. And it is really frustrating. But it, it did show, again, that all of the people who criticize Cousins... Um, have it wrong. They say Cousins is a fourth quarter stat patter who just racks up good stats in the fourth quarter. Those people are way wrong. Christ Almighty! I wish he was a fourth quarter stat patter. I wish. I wish like the stats were being padded like the whole like playing decently the whole game, and then he's like, oh, three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. I wish that was the case. Cousins is actually a good fourth quarter quarterback. Um, it doesn't always feel that way, but like he is. Uh, one of the best, and he has been for years now in the fourth quarter of one-score games. And in this game, he was no different. He was an absolute assassin, throwing for 125 yards in the game-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter. Um, his problem is just, like, he just, like, has entire halves of games where he just doesn't mm-hmm. show up. And yeah, I think that is what's frustrating about him. It's not that he's just, oh, he gets all his stats at the end of the game. It's like, no, he just goes like entire first halves of playing like Christian Ponder mm. football. Yeah, that's what it looked like, right? I mean, he was happened. overthrowing people. He was he looked panicked. He doesn't move very much. Uh, it was pretty ugly. It's ugly to watch him when he's bad. It really is. Um, I was but I was it, feeling pretty down about the team during this game. I have to be honest. Like I have really felt excited about this team. I felt excited about the coaches. I thought the roster was pretty good. We 
have been pretty healthy compared to other teams in the league. And I was like really I wasn't saying we we're going to win the Super Bowl, but I thought we were going to like be a for sure playoff team and like good chance we could like battle in the playoffs and make a run. And like I really have been feeling that. And for us to get kind of whooped by the Eagles, I said, "You know what? I can let that go." You're on the road against one of the best teams in the league. They're kicking everyone's ass. It's on Monday Night Football. It's a really especially after this this most recent, especially after Week Three. You're like, okay, I feel a little bit. I feel a lot better about the Eagles' loss. Yeah, yeah. No, I was like, you know what? You're gonna even in a good season, you're gonna have those road games where a good team beats you in their in their stadium. But then this game, I was like, all right, we need a great response, and like, I don't think we got a great response. I think that the Lions lost this game more than the Vikings won mm-hmm. this game. And I know that's like such a cheese ball like podcast take or you know or like talking head ESPN Wednesday afternoon take, but like I do I didn't feel great about that that win. I felt like um there's a long ways to go and that um you know there's just too many three and out drives uh for the offense that has so much talent and we can't seem to find any type of balance in how we use like Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson right now. It's amazing to me that we are two and one. And I'll be honest, I mean this is this is not a, a flawless team by any means. So to to piggyback on Eric's take, we I, I think it was maybe like our first possession. The Lions went down. Did they get a field goal or a touchdown? I don't remember. Field goal, sorry. <clears throat> the Lions scored. No, they missed a field oh. goal. That's right. They missed the field goal. That we got the ball. We, we ran the ball like five times in a row for like 50 yards at like nine yards a carry. Like it was ridiculous. And then Kevin O'Connell was like, I'm going to throw five times in a row. Yeah. And I think we got a first down on like the first pass or, or or maybe the second pass. And then it was like incomplete, incomplete, incomplete. And it's like, dude, you were just running the ball right down their fucking throat. Like just like go. I understand that you're trying to mix it up, but on the first drive of the game, you got to realize like the flow is they're letting that happen. So like, let that take you as far as it can. Um, and, and I'm sure there's other things that go into it. However, I was shocked at how many times the running game worked successfully. And then they just completely abandoned it for four or five plays. And I'm not saying KOC is a bad play caller. I'm just saying that like, maybe they haven't quite found their rhythm yet. And that's why things look a little Mm. clunky at this point in time. And I think that's fair. I mean, this is, again, this is his third game as a head coach and as a play caller. And I think he's doing, trying to do both, which is admirable because you have to focus on the offense and focus on all of the other, you know, timeouts and personnel and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I'm, and I'm sure that's very taxing. Um, But it felt like the Vikings got outcoached and mostly outplayed for, I don't know, three and a half quarters until the Lions decided to kick a 50-whatever-yard field goal and give us the win. Yeah, I thought the Lions were, like, negligent at the end of the game. And I was at- I mean, that's a, that's a Zimmer, that's a Mike Zimmer decision, I like, was- where we would be like, I can't believe mm-hmm. he did that. I was at the game, and I was sitting next to a Lions fan, and he was a good guy. He was there by himself. Wearing all Lions stuff by himself, chatted with me and my brother the whole game, and he kept saying, "Yeah, I've seen this game literally two hundred times. Like, no matter what happens, the Lions will lose this oh game." And we were like, "I don't know, man. You guys are kind of dominating us." He was like, "I promise you guys that the Lions will lose this game," <laughs> and he just kept saying that. And he was like, "I have been to this game more times than you can imagine." 
Like we will find a way to lose this game. It will seem like we're going to win. And then at the end of it, we will like, you know, pull defeat from the jaws of victory or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And he just kept saying that. And we were like, whatever, dude. And then we went at the end and he was like, did you give it, did you give him a hug? Like that guy (laughs) needs a hug and a beer. He was like, such a nice guy, and then he was like, see, I told you guys. I looked at him right when we scored the touchdown, or right when they threw the interception, and he just went, oh. Oh, <laughs> God. That's true defeatism, and I get it, man. It really Being was. a Detroit fan just has to be incredibly rough. If if I get to that point in any of my sports fandom, I hope I'm he's a Red team. Wings fan, too, you know, or something. They, have a, they used to be good, but they're yeah, not. I, yeah, I don't know. Something in his life. Michigan, him football, enjoy, that's Michigan. They're, good at, they're good at sports at Michigan. Not this so. weekend. Um, yeah, so Cook got injured again. Um, I really was feeling like he was faking it again. Supposedly, his shoulder popped out, and then it popped back in. I've never seen someone who gets hurt every time they fumble like Dalvin. Yeah, it's because he got hurt, not because he would ever just fumble all the fucking time. Yeah, he doesn't fumble. He only he gets, gets injured. injured. And then a so fumble then not only does he fumble constantly. And then the shoulder that he was grabbing was the wrong one when you watch the replay, and it's just kind of embarrassing. <laughs> I can't Dalvin. deal with it. He's a good player. He was having a great game. And now they're like, he's day-to-day. And I'm like... Did this guy even get hurt? Oh like, no, he's not. This is so no. phony. I'm so tired of it. Every time this guy fumbles, a, he has a shoulder injury. How, how many? I've talked about it both weeks. How many times has he run into the back of his offensive lineman? You like, said it's that embarrassing, last week, dude. Which was I, so funny because that's. What I think he the he showc- he showcased himself this week a little bit better in being able to get big chunks of yardage. Um, the fumble like killed everything, but um, I think. You know, my, my, uh, I would say over the top text to the group saying Dalvin's washed, um, can go by the wayside for now. But at the same time, I mean, does Dalvin Cook really scare you if you're a defensive coordinator? I don't think so. I think Dalvin Cook is probably number four on your priority list Mm. to stop. If you're, if you're watching film on the Vikings, um, I guess if you're KOC, Irv Smith is like number two, uh, but like overall, I think if you're a D coordinator, Dalvin Cook is probably one of the least of your concerns. And if you're Kirk, it's probably KJ Osborne. Uh, that's your number one yeah. target. So I did see this um, the week after week three, where our offensive linemen rank in the league, and they've actually been pretty good. I know is this PFF? Yep. So um, Darisaw is the 14th ranked tackle out of 70. So if you imagine two tackles, per Take that. he's like a top seven at his position kind of guy. Um, he, and in a completely new scheme. Yeah, and he was as completely well. dominant in this last game. Like he gave up zero pressures. He went against Aiden Hutchinson, the number two pick in the draft, who was coming off a three sack week. And he gave up zero pressures for the whole game and was dominant in the run game too. Well, and Hutchinson even got benched for a time yeah. uh, late where they were like, you're just not getting it done. And Darisaw, like, he was like pleading with his coaches, like trying to get back in the game and they wouldn't put him back in. Um, Ezra Cleveland is 20th out of 73 guards. Um, well, he could have been higher if he hadn't caused a fumble. Garrett Bradbury. This is the most shocking thing ever. Um, he doesn't even have a great grade, but he's the sixth ranked center in the league. It shows you there must be some really poor yeah. center. Play. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, how bad is the rest of the centers? Like the league must not have good centers. Um, I do have a friend who, who knows a lot about football. He said, that's what we call scheme. Um, yeah. And he was just like, they are scheming him into good positions because he's not very talented. Um, Ingram is our worst O-lineman. He was actually a trophy. Oh God, that sucks. Because like coming out of camp, we were like, dude, 
We found our new right guard, Ed Ingram. Let's go. He's 43rd out of 73 guards. So he's slightly below average. He is a rookie. I think he's still going to be pretty good. It's not bad for a rookie. Um, Yeah, he's like a below average starting guard right now in the NFL. Well, he also had to go against, uh, who's the Packers? Uh, Kenny Clark beat him up. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just made him look like he was a toy. He had to go against Fletcher Cox and um, Jordan Davis, or whatever his name is, from the Eagles. Like He's had some tough matchups so far. And then Brian O'Neill is the 12th-ranked tackle, at right tackle. So 12th and 14th tackles, the 6th-ranked center, the 20th-ranked guard. Who is this O-line? They've been pretty good. Well, and like, what do we... What what other complaints can we have now at this point and for then, the old line? And, and then you might not be able to see this, so you can't really. But um, they have gr- um, blue is blue chip players. Dark green are really great players, like all like Pro Bowl level. Green, then light green into yellow, and then red red is like disaster. They have um, Darisaw and O'Neal is like green. They have Cleveland and Bradbury is light green, and they have Ingram is yellow, like average. Okay. So. Um, that's pretty good. The O-line has been, has been solid and that's all you can ask for. And so I do think that this team is going to be pretty good still, even if it hasn't always been consistent so far through three weeks. Going to settle in a little bit. We're two and one. Yeah. Two and one and we're first in the NFC. That's all you could ask. Do you have, do you have any concerns about our pass rush? Oh, probably my most concerns are about our pass rush right now. Okay. I was just going to (laughs) say as, as a non-defensive lineman mind, um, I've, was very concerned. I don't know. Maybe maybe Detroit has put together a decent O line because um, they're pretty decent at run blocking, and Goff didn't seem to get a lot of pressure. But it also seemed like we couldn't get even near him this past game. I think that like this team is built like on offense, and we're supposed to have this big high powered offense, and we're really old on defense, and we're trying to be like. We're old and hopefully experienced with him. Well, yeah, not old, but like definitely not rookie fast. But between like Hicks and Kendricks and Harrison Smith and, and Peterson, you know, those guys are all yeah. in the 30s at this point. Like they're yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. NFL old. Not spring chickens. And, yeah. and like even Zarius Smith's pretty old. You know, like this is not like a young defense. It's kind of like a we're going to play veterans and hope to stay in games with veterans kind of defense. And it really relies on the two highest paid guys being Smith and Hunter to be like big players. And they are not, they didn't get home at all yesterday. No, no, they're not. And they don't even play on first and second down. Most of the time Mm. they like come in on third down to rush the passer and they never get there. And they got, I mean, Zedarius had like one decent tackle for loss and that was about it between the two. Oh no, I guess Daniel, Daniel had the big stop on fourth down down or or third down. Um, But again, like, why don't you make an impact earlier in the game? Yeah. I don't know. So I, I think that the pass rush is really going to keep hold us back. But Eric, do you have, do you also have concerns about like just the defense in general? I know we haven't allowed a lot of points in the fourth, but it seems like the vanilla defense they're running might get exposed a little bit more than Zimmer's defense. Like, I don't feel like. Kendricks is coming on blitzes or I don't feel like they're giving a lot of exotic looks other than a couple, you know, slants or loops from the D lineman, but right. maybe I'm not I, seeing it. I think that the off the defense looks old and vanilla, like you said. 
But I think that if I if I gave you guys these questions each week, I think you would say yes. If I said, "Is this the we could get to the being the fifteenth ranked defense in the league?" Then we'd be happy. No, I'm saying if if I would have said to you before the game, "We're going to give up seven points to the Packers," would you accept it? You'd all say yes. If I said yeah. we're going to go to Philadelphia and we're going to give up twenty four points to the Eagles, I think we would all say, "Okay, we'll take it. We just got to beat twenty four. And I think maybe even after two thirty plus point games from the Lions you would say, okay, we'll take 24 against the Lions where our offense is our strength anyway. And so I think that, like, when you think about it, we've given up under 20 points a game, um, mostly from a good week one performance. We haven't got off the field a lot. We haven't created enough turnovers, but, like, you know. know, I think we're 10th in scoring defense. That's crazy because it doesn't seem that way. But, yeah, that's awesome. Well, and, okay, so that that was going to lead to my next question is, can we blame uh, the offense a little bit? for the defense's, you know, statistical lack of success because yeah. they're not putting together long drives early in games. Um, maybe they, they did a little bit against the Packers, but, like, they, they, for the most part, it's been sparse when they've been trying to, like, get things going early and it's just not working. I think that the worst thing for an average defense and an old defense possibly is, is to be on the field a ton. <laughs> Three yeah. and outs are just killers of any defense, yeah, especially one that's a bunch of 30-plus-year-old guys. I think the offense has... Especially when we run it for four times and then we pass like five times in a row and you've stopped the clock every time, ensuring that the defense is going to have to be on the field for, mm-hmm. for a lot longer. I think that the, the 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 offense has been pretty good, but the problem is is that we need them to be really good. And like, yes, they just agreed. inconsistent. We go like a half of a game where we like can't get a first down. And then like... So- we, we we need to be like two years ago Chiefs offense. Yeah, we should have kind a of situation offense. We have a yeah. quarterback who can throw it all over the field. We have a good running game. We have a pretty good line. We have receivers everywhere. There's no excuse for us not to be good, so... I'm I'm more upset about the offense right now, but the pass rush is probably the thing that's holding us back. I think I think if the offense finds a little bit of rhythm and is able to sustain longer drives that get points beyond like kicking fifty six yarders at fucking home, which is just I mean, kind of a nightmare. Also bad decision making from KOC, in my opinion, on the second one. Um, but that remains to be seen. This is only his third game. If he continues to make those choices, maybe we'll have that discussion. But I think that um, if the offense can start to put things together a little bit earlier and have like a nine play, six minute drive, even, you know, even if it ends up in zero points, keep the defense sitting down and refreshed and like they're they're not on the field for 33% more plays than the offense. Like, it, should, yeah. it shouldn't be that way with the way that the Vikings are built mm-hmm. this season. I agree. All right, uh, guys, we have to move on to the best football team in the state, and that would be our Minnesota the country Gophers. Did you say the country <laughs> might be or the, the state? Country. Yeah. The Minnesota Golden Gophers, who are a fucking wagon. Eric's favorite football team in the history of all of sports. I drive the Always has been. of the gophers i love this always team. has been i might order a, Vi- a, a gophers jersey sweet you love them so much you who almost would you get? said vikings who I would know. you get <laughs> um generic just just the year of the season Burtness. ibrahim to remember the season just like a Burtness 88 or just a 22 just 22 to remember this great year we're having um we have uh per espn a 10 percent chance of reaching the college football playoffs well, we know that that's actually zero, but that's cool. But come on. I mean, they are it expanding it, so why not? 10% will take it. 
All I care about is getting to the Big Ten champion. That would be so that's fun. Yeah, all I think I that's uh, you're absolutely right. That's the key. I do not care. I will lose. I, they they could say to me right now, you will go to the Big Ten championship game and you will be beaten by Ohio State one hundred to nothing. Duh, Most humiliating <laughs> game ever. I'd say I'll watch the whole thing and I'll cheer. <laughs> yeah, because that means we're that prop. That means we were probably undefeated going into that game. You're, you're, so yes, you're probably Duh. twelve and zero or eleven and one going into that yeah. game. Duh, you're ranked Fine. in the top ten in the country. Don't care what happened. And you want to what happened? Couldn't care less. Lose the the Big Ten championship game. You go to the fucking Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl. We haven't Let's been to the Rose Bowl in like my dad's lifetime. Like this would be crazy. Yeah. And I believe in this team. I believe in PJ Fleck. I believe in Kurt 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 Kirk Soroka. Kurt Kirk. Are they just the same name? Just no say it fast. Whatever his name. There you Soroka. Go. And uh, we are like twenty and two in like his last twenty two games as the offensive coordinator and uh, Mo Ibrahim or Ibrahim is going to be a Heisman finalist. He's going to maybe win the Doak Walker for the best. I mean, as a, yeah, he's going to be 25 by the time he starts his NFL career. <laughs> he, he is uh, two games away from tying Ezekiel Elliott's record of most hundred yard games in a row um, for a running back, I believe in college football ever, maybe, or at least in the big. And we have the, we have the easiest schedule. In the Big Ten West, and it's not even close. We have two tough games the rest of the year, I believe. We have to go to Penn State in a few weeks, and we have to go to Wisconsin at the end of the year. Always. Always. Okay. That's, that's always going to be on the docket. I'm not afraid of Iowa this year. Their offense is not can't, couldn't score on your Forest Lake team. Yeah. Um, I think that it, well, and they're like, oh well, we had two defensive touchdowns. Like, well, okay, that's that's an unsustainable method of winning. Big Ten football games. Uh, we have no Ohio State, no Michigan. We fucking destroyed Michigan State. They got a late touchdown um, against our six-string freshman group of players. So, dude, this team is loaded at this point. I mean, the only concern, I think, is Tanner Morgan and losing Ottman Bell. But realistically, it seems to have very few flaws for uh, the schedule that is presented to it. I think that like the offense is just going to be able to grind on teams with their run game and obviously having a star running back. I think Tanner Morgan, uh, he has the most wins of any starting quarterback in college football currently. It's like currently playing. He's been starting for like seven years. (laughs) Yeah, he's been there for eternity. But my point isn't that he's a star, but it's just that like he is just an adult. He's 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 competent. This is it's Chris Winkie. Like when he was at Florida State. Just old. He's been there forever. He's been in a bunch of big games. And you know that, like, we're going to play against some, like, 19-year-old kid at some point who's going to be an NFL star who just hasn't played in those games. And it's going to be a big help to have a guy who's, like, you know, almost 33 years old or whatever he is. He's already driving a Well, Eric, are the only two teams that – I mean (laughs) – Yeah. Yeah. Looking at the schedule, I mean, realistically, the only two teams that are – nerve-wracking would be Penn State and Wisconsin, right? Yeah, you're probably an underdog at Penn State, and it's a pick game at Wisconsin. I mean, those are just throw out the numbers at Wisconsin. It's going to be a war. And at Penn State, you're going to have to go upset them, but we've done that before. And it would be yeah. a good game. There's no reason we can't beat them. And, like, the thing is, is, like, the I know people, like, the Gophers haven't played anybody. 
Michigan State two weeks ago was ranked 11th in the country, and we went to Michigan State and beat them 34-7, to and they scored a touchdown with under 20 seconds to go in the game. Yeah, I mean, it was an absolute decimation. We they did nothing. We fucking yeah. killed them, and it could have been worse. We turned the ball over in the red zone at one point. This was an absolute murder. I mean, it was 24-0 at halftime, and they were... They were demoralized. The defense, they did not want to play anymore. The defense is better than the offense, and the offense has looked good. Um, I really am believing in this team. I know that this means they're going to lose to, like, Rutgers or something, mm-hmm. but that we'll all jump off the bandwagon at that point. Until then, we love the Gophers. Sky Yuma, rolling the boat. Love P.J. Fleck. And by the way, we're now one or two weeks out from people being like, what if P.J. Fleck leaves? Oh, oh, Eric, stop it. It's already happened. They're already talking about him yep. going to Nebraska. Why would he go to Nebraska? Like, you want to wear P.J. Fleck? Zero percent chance he would go to Nebraska because, like, he has everything he wants. He he has everything he wants here. P.J. Fleck would leave the Gophers. Don't get me wrong. But he would leave the Gophers to go to, like, Michigan. The SEC, he he would leave to go to the SEC. Oh, man, maybe Ohio State, Michigan, because they could offer so much more money. Ohio State. And maybe... He would go maybe to Notre, Clemson. Go to Notre Dame. He would maybe go to Clemson. He would go to um, maybe he'd probably go to USC. Why would you go to Notre Dame? I don't feel like the Notre Dame job is that appealing. You guys job, are so funny. You're literally. I know, like, but you I, know, people are starting to no, talk but like, about him leaving. He's like, look, he, and here we no, go. they are. Mark, you, if he wants to leave to control the narrative. If he if he wants to leave at the end of the season after taking us to the Big Ten Championship game, then guess what? We're probably in line to get a really good yeah. coach. You know, and it's just. It is what it is. So I'm going to enjoy the season. I'm not going to care about that one bit. And I'm interested in Fleck taking the Gophers up a level to, you know, I don't know if we're... To the to the point where we could, like, I don't know, recruit a young quarterback to come in and be good instead of a 27-year-old Tanner Morgan on his eighth year. I think it would just be nice... Maybe we could do that. we were as big of a team as Wisconsin. Like... I know that we like to sit around and be like, oh, we're as big as Wisconsin. We split with them over the last four years. Not even close. Not even close about who sends who to the NFL. Wisconsin is a bigger program than us. And, like, my goal would be to pass them up and be the premier team in the Big Ten West until USC shows up. (laughs) Right. Until they add five more teams. (laughs) Yeah. but Especially with Lincoln Riley. Jesus Christ. Um, So, I don't know. It's it's all looking up for for, uh, the Gophers. And uh, next weekend, I don't know. Who do they have? Someone bad? Purdue. Purdue. They have Purdue next weekend. So Saturday, Gophers versus Purdue. Sunday, Vikings, uh, London game, 8.30 Saints, 8 a.m. Yeah, bloodies. Which will be fun. Kegs and eggs. Let's go. And then uh, then the, the other rumor with football in the state right now is that because of the hurricane coming in, um, the Bucks and Chiefs Sunday night game it might be coming to U.S. Bank Stadium with free tickets. I'll see you there. I'm Let's so go. there. Yeah. And we're all cheering for the Chiefs because the Bucks are in the NFC. We need the Bucks 2-1 and one in the NFC to get their asses kicked. Mm-hmm. And the Chiefs are in the AFC. Fuck it. We'll see them in the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that's, that'd be for sure. I don't have any fantasy guys, I think, on either team. So, uh, yeah, I couldn't care less. I just always cheer against all NFC teams, and then I cheer extra hard against the Packers, and that's it. It's great. And then speaking of Saturday, oh, never mind. I'm not going to get into that. Um, I would also like to add. Do you remember what you that the Well, no, that the Gophers have, I think it's from like a 538 standpoint, the easiest schedule remaining in the Big Ten West, and it's not even close. And so the fact that um, 
we this if we're ever going to win the Big Ten West and lose PJ Fleck to a, a bigger program, this is, this is the year. This, this is, is here it. right now. I mean, literally, it couldn't be easier. Let's do it. I just I'm going to be so pissed off when we lose to Purdue next week <laughs> <laughs> by like so forty. Like just get crushed. And and their quarterback is like questionable. Like their star quarterback oh. is like he probably won't play. Oh. And then we're going to lose to them. Uh, no. I think we're fine as long as Ibrahim and uh, Tanner Morgan stay healthy. I think we're fine. But if we have to start going to deeper down the depth chart, we might be in trouble. Anyway, let's move on. All right, uh, let's move on to the Minnesota Twins, who are officially out of the playoff hunt. They were leading the division for most of the year. They made a bunch of moves at the deadline to try to be contenders, and they have led runs, and everyone's injured, and it's been a complete train wreck. Um, we talked on here and I said, well, let's trade Correa at the deadline. And I'm not saying anyone on here was wrong, but just in general, Minnesotans were like, we can't do that because then fans will get annoyed. And I'm like, you know what? I'm fucking annoyed as a fan right now. And, and the other thing is, is like being in perpetual rebuild mode doesn't, is it, is the the organization's fault. It's purgatory. It doesn't matter. Like we should still act responsibly every year. I want someone to act responsibly who runs the team, but I want someone better running the fucking team. We have just had the most bullshit organization of average baseball. The fans care too much about a, a a shit organization. Uh, You can say what you want that like, Oh, we don't have the money to compete with the Dodgers. I'm not trying to compete with the fucking Dodgers. I'm trying to compete with the devil rays. I'm trying to compete with the, or the Cleveland Indians. I'm trying yeah. to compete with the fucking White Sox. Sorry, you got it. Cleveland Guardians. Guardian. Apologize. You know, it's just like I don't care if we win the the World Series ever in the rest of my life. I understand that baseball has built a system where the Yankees and the Astros can play, and then the Dodgers yeah. and whoever else is good in the NL can play, and then the winner of those games will play for the world series every yeah throw throw in boston every other year or every couple years and call it good and the cubs maybe once and they just have it all set up so it will just be like that forever so the dodgers are going to go to like eight of ten world series and then the astros yankees and red sox will go to 10 of 10 in the al and then you'll throw in whatever you know the giants or the cardinals or the braves will make it two times and that's all that will happen for the next decade i get it and I'm not expecting us to compete with those teams, but I want to win the division every once in a while in a trash ass division. And you, it's the kind of thing where like we could easily be a smarter franchise. We could be the Rays and, you know, build players from within and we would be just fine. But we don't do that and we don't have. good. Well, and you have to be good at it. Yeah. For whatever reason, the Rays are just fucking killing them. And we can't uh, maybe I don't know. We haven't picked any good pitchers any good young pitchers um like especially starters we've traded for them and i think that's that's a positive uh moving forward but like you look at like cole stewart like could have had him uh or could have had somebody else other than him and it's just like it's so disastrous across the board for the minnesota twins i just wish that they would be competitive in the free agent market for starting pitching and then build the bats from within because we can't keep signing. I know Sonny Gray was just fine, had a decent season, 
but Sunny Gray is not getting you to that like next level. And Joe Ryan, I think, will be fine in the future. But um, who is a uh, Chris Archer is not getting you to that next level. Michael Pineda is not getting you to that next level. And the Twins continue to sign these like bargain basement deals of reclamation projects, and it sucks until you go in and. I agree with the Carlos Correa signing. I thought that was great. I thought that was a good like rejuvenation move. I thought going after some pitching in at the trade deadline was a good move. There's no reason not to do that. We were in a position to to own the division, but man, our scouting sucks. It sucks. See, I want- you can't you can't deny you can't deny that like Chris Paddock and whoever who was Molly Trevor. What's what was his name? I forget. Uh... M-A-H-L-E, our, our pitcher that we traded oh, for. Yeah. He made like one start, and then his next start he was throwing like 85, <laughs> and his arm was dead, and he hasn't pitched since. I, I would just say that that if, if I were in charge of the franchise, I would come out and I would say, you know what, fans, we're not signing anybody this season. We're going to trade away Carlos Correa if he even wants to come back. He just shouldn't. Carlos, don't come back. We're going to trade you. And you know what? We're not going to sign a single player. We're going to run it back with the same team minus Correa. But you want to know what we are going to do? We're going to spend $60 million to go pay off, you know, quadruple the wages of the, the guys who are scouting for the Rays and some of their coaches. And we're going to go find scouts. Bring them all in. We're going to bring yep. all the best scouts and coaches in. And we're going to develop from within. And we're going to build up our farm system. And we are going to, instead of spending money on expensive arms that will need Tommy John, we are going to go out and scour the international market. And we're going to put out record fees for players from you know, Latin America and, and uh, Japan. And we're going to go find young players there and we're going to invest in those guys heavily. And we're never and go get go get the David again. And we're going to find- go get the David Prices, the Chris Archers when they're young, the Dylan Bundys when they're young. We're get like, the next McClanahan you know. and he's going to be our ace. Yeah. And then what we'll do, we'll trade him for a haul when his contract is up and then we'll just do it again. And it's like, I would way rather be spending our money on like the infrastructure needed to be a small market team than to try to fake compete with the big teams that you'll never, ever, ever be on the same level as. And there's no, there's so little revenue sharing in baseball that like the Dodgers are like, we have our own TV station. It brings us in a billion dollars a year. And ever the twins are like, well, we just signed a $20 million deal with Bally Sports, which is about to go bankrupt. <laughs> Yeah, and they take most. Yeah, of that. they take most. Of it. It's um, bullshit. Do you think? Do you think that uh, Baldelli is? I know um, Falvey came out and said recently that he's a big part of the project, which is also like anytime a general manager says that about a head coach, typically it's like a kiss of death. Um, but I'm wondering. You know, I think it's one playoff appearance since he's been hired, and it was like a cup of coffee against the Yankees. Or no, it was the Astros. Um, is Baldelli on the hot seat? I, I, I honestly, it's the first time in a long time that I don't fucking Ooh. care. That's, really? That was going to be my take. I really don't fucking I care. Say, I don't care and it's if a, he gets fired or he comes back. It doesn't matter because we're not going anywhere anyways. Yeah. God damn it. That that makes me angrier than usual. <laughs> I don't care. Jesus Christ. Should we fire Baldelli? I don't know. Can we save money if we get a worse manager? I don't know. How, how many wins do you think it matters if like you or I coach the Twins versus Baldelli? Because it seems like all he does is 
acquiesce to the numbers. What is he going to win this know? year? Well, how many wins? 80? No, but I'm just saying, like, I was gonna give you- Baldelli seems... If he could win 80 games in a year, I could win 50. You could also average three No, but I'm saying, good, like, uh, I think... And, and I'll do it for 10% of the money. Like, I'll do it for 100K. No, <laughs> my, my point is, I feel like Baldelli is getting his marching orders from... Um, you know, the scouting department and whatever. And he's like, oh, yep, sorry. Nope, doesn't matter how great you're pitching. You're out of here. 72 pitches through the fifth inning, third time through the lineup, doesn't matter, done. Like he's, he has no autonomy to make decisions. And so I feel like if you went against that, like maybe you'd be fired if it didn't work out. But you could coach this team to 75 wins in a season very easily. If that's the only, if that's the only thing is to follow whatever it is that's the notes that are mm-hmm. passed down to you from above, it's not that fucking hard. All right. I want to go from complaining about one baseball thing to another baseball thing um, real quickly because I know that people who listen to our show say, you guys don't talk about baseball enough. And when you do, you have terrible baseball take. Well, you know what? Here's my hottest baseball take. I am so tired and fed up of the Aaron Judge chase for 61. Okay? This is the dumbest thing in the history of sports. 61 home runs is the seventh most ever hit in a season. Why are we so pumped up that a guy is going to tie and then break the franchise record? This would be like if um, Kirk Cousins was about to break Dante Culpepper's record for most touchdowns. No, I'll give you a better example. It would be like if Dak Prescott was about to break Troy Aikman's record for most touchdown passes in a Cowboys season ever. And we were like, had to like tune in live, cut away from games and have like the home run watch, the, the, you know, touchdown pass watch of, oh my gosh, could he throw touchdown pass number 38, even though so many people have done it before. Eric, you're forgetting, you're forgetting about the stupidity of old baseball writers. And they've been banging this drum that Bonds is, Barry Bonds 70, is it 73? 70 home runs? 73 is not the record because he did steroids and, you know, basically he was a dickhead to the writers and wouldn't talk to them, so they fucking hate him. So they are arguing that Mark McGuire's record of 62 home oh, runs in a season. Yeah. So the most home runs in a season, number one, Barry Bonds, 73. What's the, what's the 62 then? Like, why are they? Why are that's they? Roger Maris at 61. That they's... Oh, that's oh. what it is. Okay, so Roger Maris. So they're saying that, like, without steroids, 62 is the record, which is fucking bullshit. So Barry Bonds, 73. Mark McGuire, 70. Sammy Sosa, 66. Mark McGuire, again, 65. Sammy Sosa, again, 64. Sammy Sosa, again, 63. And then Roger Maris at 61, which is the seventh most. And we have to tune in because we need to see a guy break the Yankees record for the most Yankees home runs in a season. Fuck off. Do not care about this. I don't care at all. He hit 74 home runs. I will tune in. They can cut away from a Vikings game for me to watch every at bat so he can hit number 74 and then I'll go nuts. But until they take those out of the record books, which they will never do, those are official numbers for home runs in a season and they are records and he's and distant. Guess what, Aaron Judge? Record, get so. better steroids. Get better yeah, ones that take, are non-detectable take, and figure this out. Yeah. 
better steroids for you because he's for sure taking something. He's for sure on stuff because everyone in sports is on stuff. And he just needs to be on bigger ones or more of them. So he also could have his head grow multiple sizes a la Barry Bonds. And he could hit 74 home runs and then I'd actually give a fuck. Otherwise, I don't care. This is so stupid. What is actually cool about baseball was Albert Pujols not a steroids guy had well he got hooked up with his old steroids guy when he was in st louis <laughs> and now he's crushing and the now ball he again. hit number 700 which is only four guys in the history of baseball i believe it's hank aaron um babe ruth and i don't know someone else sick like william roger maris Rod- is it yeah. yeah who have hit 700 home runs i mean that's actual so pool holes uh Seems like he's always done it the right way. Don't know why anyone would hate Pujols. Um, and he hit number 700, which was actually a cool moment. Way cooler than anything Aaron Judge will do this season. There you go. All right. The last thing for us, guys, is the Wild. They're back. They're two weeks out. Um, and they had their first uh, preseason game. They played against the defending champions, the Colorado Avalanche. In this game, Kaprizov instantly scored a great goal. And then in the third period, was yep. knocked out of the game after being hit with a shot but he is going to be just fine. Um, yep. People are really excited about Ryan Hartman, who some people believe could win the Selkie, I believe it's called, trophy, which is the best two-way forward in hockey. Um, I guess he's just an absolute menace both ways. Uh, had a career-high goals last year. And then the other piece that was super exciting was rookie Marco Rossi, uh, who looked to be an absolute stud. Looks like he's going to follow in Matt Boldy's steps and be a top-six forward right away. He had an insane assist on the game-winning goal. And uh, if you remember two years ago, he was a guy who had like heart complications after having COVID and he missed an entire year when he was like, you know, 19 years old as like a phenom. Missed a whole year, came back last year, looked pretty good. Looks like he's finally back to his best. And I'm going to guess he's like your second line center, like out of the gate. That's great news. Yeah. Like stud, like an absolute stud, like maybe better than Boldy, who is was one of the best rookies in hockey last year. So, you know, we might not be a Stanley Cup contender, but I do think we are a really solid playoff team. And, um, you know, if we had a little bit more money and we weren't paying Parisi and Suter so much to be assholes somewhere else, um, this would be a really serious team. And we didn't re-sign 72-year-old goalkeeper uh, Mark Andre. No, we did. No, I'm if just. I'm oh. saying, <laughs> if we hadn't done yeah. that, um, and then listen to Bill Guerin be like, "No, look, he does a lot of stretching in the off season." Like, yeah, I would fucking hope so. He's 62 <laughs> years old. Uh, Eric, just to correct myself because I'm a fucking idiot, I said Maris. I meant Willie Mays. Yeah. Um, but um, A Rod is next in line behind Pujol currently. So. Um, yeah, no, this was really cool. I really did like that um, he was able to get to that. Uh, all right, here you go. Uh, real quickly, the Wild are currently um, the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth favorite to win the Cup at plus 1,800. Um, it's the Avalanche to repeat as the heavy favorites. The Hurricanes. Why wouldn't they be? Hurricanes, Maple Leafs, Panthers, and Lightning all in the Eastern Conference as two through five. And then back in the West, the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, and then the Minnesota Wild at plus 1,800. So um, people do think they're good. Uh, could be a, one of the top seeds in the West. Um, hopefully we'll duke it out with the uh, Avalanche in, in their division as, as hopefully, you know, competing for that. So I am really excited about this season. Uh, the Wolves, which we're not really going to have time for today, 
and the wild joining up with the gophers and the vikings could make for some really fun sports over the next couple months for us yeah it's exciting it's an it's a coming up to a golden uh era of sport every year right we get like everything there's like that one day that like every are we plays on are we really gonna do this i mean if we're gonna if we're gonna go into like boston territory of like bruins plus celtics plus patriots plus red Sox within like a venn diagram of insanity i'd be mm-hmm. fine with one like that's i'm good i'm good with that i'm saying it quietly i'm you not being one. greedy just one of them would be i just want to go to the playoffs solid. in sports <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's just take baby steps i just want to go to the god damn it yeah you're right if we could just consistently right. get to the playoffs in sports i'd be real fucking jazz how about this how about this how about the 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 Wild and the Timberwolves this year just make it to the second round. That would be just absolutely hype. I'd be so hyped. I'd be just satisfied right there. We, we would be spoiled at that point. We are just. I think we would. I think we would be disappointed with the team if the Wolves made it to the second round and lost. I think that. I think the expectations are a little bit higher. If the Wolves them. lose in the second round in like Game Seven, I don't give a. Fuck. I'll say what a great season. It depends if we lo- if we lose the Golden team, State. Yeah. Maybe I would, I would say, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of context that would need to be figured out before I would say, you know, if Carl Anthony Towns got hurt in December for the remainder of the season and we made it to the second round and lost in game seven. Yes, I would say that's pretty successful. But if everyone's healthy and things Mm kind of go awry in the second round and we lose uh, to an inferior team, I would say right, that's not look, successful. We're going to play a little game here. I know we got to go. You guys are going to get 10, no, 15 seconds each to give me your thoughts on the elimination of the Pro Bowl. Eric, you're going to go first. I didn't even know this was a thing, but that's the best. You didn't know that? Okay, now I got to stop no, the, the stopwatch. So... They're, they're done with the Pro Bowl. They're going to do a week of the Pro Bowl games ending in a flag football game. Sure. I won't watch a second of it, but it just doesn't matter. The game was already a flag football game. They wore pads and they was flag football. And there was no defense and there was no tackling. And it was just an abomination. Okay. So I'm glad. It was it was so worthless. Um, it's the worst all-star game because it's the least authentic. And that's including hockey, which I think is like three on three. Perfect. Ryan, 15 seconds. Well, but they, they did that. Hockey did that on purpose because of the abomination that the NFL was putting out on TV. And they were trying to get people to view their sport because it was an exhibition and it was fun. And the NFL, ironically, is the last to adopt this. Um, whereas baseball and hockey have adopted this whole like skills competition. Um, and obviously, you know, the NBA with the three-point competition and the dunk contest uh, have adopted this earlier. I think this is five years-ish. Mm-hmm. Too late this is for the, the longest NFL? fifteen seconds ever. For I know. Cheater. I was going to say you Shut used your whole fifteen up. seconds on some um, rebuttal about the NHL. <laughs> Shut up! This is like this is like uh, PTI where they like or uh, around the horn where they like hit the button and like yeah. the person just keeps talking. Right. So that's where we're at. Um, I think I think there's a lot of things that come into play. The NFL is the last to adopt this and realize that nobody watched the go. fucking Pro Bowl. So um, good on them to finally. Uh, let their players get injured in a flag football game as opposed to an actual fake football game. I would vote that the last two minutes and 10 seconds of his argument strike from the record. <laughs> Struck <in. laughs>
Shut up. Anyway. All right, guys, that is all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. Go back, check out our Thrones cast. We talked episode six of House of the Dragon. It was awesome. And then we have a screencast this week, so check out the screencast. It will be out later this week. Until then, thanks for hanging out with your good friends here at the Nordies Podcast. <laughs>